Hello, and welcome to the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. I'm your host, Benjamin Douglas, and this is the show where each week I read a chapter from a different indie author. Thanks for joining me for today's reading. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today for episode number 45 of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. As always, I'm your host, Benjamin Douglas. Today's author is D.A. Bale. The book is running into the darkness. And you, dear listener, are a reader or a writer or maybe both. And the uh, indie author revolution, which is in full swing, will be podcasted and <laughs> has been podcasted. And that's why that's why we're all here today, is to expose ourselves to another chapter by a wonderful indie author who's um, taken her indie who's taken her writing career into her own hands and is monetizing her talent for herself, reaching her readers directly without any gatekeepers, um, just cutting through that whole swath of tape and doing things the way she wants to do them. Kudos to you, D.A. Bale, and to all my fellow uh, compatriots, colleagues, (laughs) who are doing the same thing. Let me begin, as I always do, by reading the Amazon author bio. So this is D.A. Bale's author bio on Amazon. Sometimes life emulates fiction. Life is filled with tragedy, and Miss Bale's writing reflects this reality. However, there is always a silver lining, even if one must spend their entire life searching for it. In her previous career, Miss Bale traveled the United States as a government relations liaison, working closely with congressional offices and various government agencies. This experience afforded her a glimpse into the sometimes not-so-pretty reality of the political sphere. Much of this reality, and various locations throughout her travels, make it into her writing. She dreams of the day she can return to visit Alaska. Visit her blog, leave a comment, or send a personal message at http colon slash slash dabalepublishing.blogspot.com. Cool, very nice. Uh, and if you visit D.A. Bale's Amazon author page, which as always will be linked to in the show notes, uh, you're going to see she's got eight titles up here. It uh, looks like multiple series running. Um, they're all genre fiction, but they are some different genres. And the one from which we're reading today, Running Into the Darkness, which is a series starter. It's book one in the Deepest Darkness series, is, as of the time of this recording free free i don't know if that's perma free or if that's just a promotion so check that out quickly if you're listening free book running into the darkness and um well i'll, t- I'll talk about that book in a minute but i want to talk about d.a bale just just a tiny bit first so d.a bale is another one of these authors that i found on keyboards but d.a bale <laughs> d.a <laughs> D.A. is a regular contributor to one of my favorite weekly threads, the Caps Lock Wednesday thread, which, if you haven't heard me wax eloquently about before, um, you must not have listened to the Dan C. Rinnert episode. D.A. 
<laughs> DA is all about that thread. Um, I think I'll leave. No, I'm not going to leave a link to that in the show notes. But if you haven't been a Keyboards visitor or lurker, or if you're not a Keyboards regular, it's worth checking out on some Wednesday. That it's a fun place to vent <laughs> and to yell everything because you know everything written in all caps must be yelled. Anyway, um, I, I encountered D.A. Bale first in that thread where I was exposed to her quick wit and her cleverness. And I thought, hey, this person's smart. I bet they write well. And sure enough, <laughs> they do. <laughs> so the reading that you're going to hear today, the first chapter of Running Into the Darkness, is so tight. Like the prose, the action, the pace is so tight. It's this sort of... Mm, high action situation in an emergency room in a hospital where we're introduced to the main character, ostensibly, who is a doctor in her residency, having in like this emergency situation. And it's just like, ooh, I was pulled in. I really enjoyed it. So um, I'm going to go ahead and read the book description, the Amazon book blurb for that book now, Running Into the Darkness. Samantha never intended to kill the president. As a doctor, she swore an oath to protect life, not take it. But that was before he ordered the murder of her family. Swept from the frigid New York City winter, Dr. Samantha Bartlett returns to the Midwest to once again confront the sting of death and face those she left behind. But she's not alone. A strange man she dubs Shades haunts her every step as she seeks answers to the inferno which claimed her grandmother's life, an eerie reminder of her parents' deaths. The secrets Samantha uncovers forever shatter the image of those she only thought she knew. Confronted by shades, Samantha joins a secret underworld known only as the Elite, where a web of power and control is woven deep within governments worldwide. Their sights are set on the seat of domination behind the resolute desk that is the powerhouse of nations, the Presidency of the United States of America. Samantha becomes the elite's unlikely key to infiltrating the White House at its most intimate levels. The Hippocratic Oath. All doctors swear by it. But the most despicable deeds must be avenged. The quest for blood swallows Samantha in a veil of darkness and threatens to destroy everything she once stood for. And from the darkness, there is no escape. Whoa, that sounds so cool. And not that it's like topical, really, because it's not. It's obviously like its own really cool story. But um, no matter who you're rooting for these days, <laughs> it seems like the ideas of, of, of um, shady government practices or secret things happening is, is really in the air right now. So I could see this being uh, really appealing to a wide swath of readers of all political persuasions. Uh, really interesting. It's full length, it's a novel, and it's free right now. So there you go. Uh, this book is ranking uh, pretty well in the free Kindle store under thrillers, espionage, and thrillers and suspense, suspense. So that gives you kind of an idea of, of where she's coming from with this. And you're definitely going to hear that 
in the reading. Very exciting. I had a lot of fun doing this chapter. So thanks again to DA for letting me feature her work on the show. Readers, go check her out. Writers, listen to this pace. It is really nice. And um, because the chapter is so tightly woven, it's pretty short. The reading is only about 10 minutes. So I tried something kind of fun. (laughs) It's not going to be to everyone's taste. And that's okay. So I include a plain reading, the way that I always do, where it's just a narrative voice with some inflection for the dialogue. And then after that reading, you're going to hear another iteration of the same reading, but with some interesting additions, some sound effects, some ambient emergency room noise, and some music, a soundtrack, which I improvised at the piano, sort of aleatoric music, just just for fun on this Saturday morning. You know, I had a little bit of time on my hands, almost never happens. It was a short reading, and I really felt like the pace combined with the natural music anyway of DA's prose, uh, it inspired, you inspired me, DA. So (laughs) if you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it because the plain reading comes first. But uh, there is a reading with music and sound effects following today's plain reading. It's a first for me. Uh, Let me know what you think of it, guys. You can comment on the show notes. You can comment on the YouTube video. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at CantankerousBen. And if you are a K-boards, uh, (laughs) K-boarder, I'm also Benjamin Douglas on K-boards. So, without any further ado, let's get on to that reading. As always, I want to remind you, this does not come from an official audiobook. The audio you're about to hear was performed, produced, and presented here, just by me, for this show, with the author, D.A. Bale's permission. You can find D.A. Bale at her website and her Amazon author page, both of which will be linked to in the show notes over at http colon slash slash thebookspeakspodcast.wordpress.com. Dot com. And do come back next week. I've got some stellar readings lined up. Uh, a lot more science fiction, <laughs> but that's not all. <laughs> Multiple genres. Um, and if you're interested in being featured on the show, hey, reach out and say hello. Thanks so much, guys, and enjoy the readings. Running into the Darkness. Book one in the Deepest Darkness series by D. A. Bale. Chapter 1. A Bloody Mess. The storage room door burst open and toppled boxes of gauze across the glaring white floor. Samantha Bartlett awoke as the torrent pelted her, then stared through glazed eyes as the new wild-eyed resident doctor came into focus. Incoming multiple wounded! The brain fog dissipated as Samantha peeled herself off the linoleum and shot down the hallway to ER. If only to have more than a cat nap, cats themselves wouldn't survive on the naps she took. The instructors had spoken about it in medical school, but living it was something else entirely. The life of New York residency, always looking for sleep in all the wrong places. What happened? Samantha asked. Severe stabbings, one shot, and another who isn't expected to survive the ambulance ride. 
uncontrolled chaos greeted them as they rushed around the corner into the unit, the scent of sterility invaded by blood and sweat. Wounded were shuffled through triage, vitals checked even as gurneys were wheeled through the trauma center. Blood trailed across the unit as staff swarmed each body and connected patients to oxygen and cardiac monitors. Questions and commands overcame the screams and reverberated throughout the room. I need a suture tray over here. What are his vitals? Blood pressure is dropping! Strap down his arms. We need to intubate now! Second year residency, starting now. Samantha snapped on gloves and jumped into the fray with her team as they cut off the bloody shirt. What do we have here? The attending nurse rattled off statistics. Male, approximately 50 years old, multiple gunshot wounds to the chest and neck. Do we know what happened? Altercation at a hotel known for prostitution. Girls over there say he's a John gone wrong. Got the pimp and hotel owner after apparently filleting one of the other girls. A couple tried to stop him. Blood type? A positive. The cardiac monitor pulsed a steady rhythm. Blood pressure is weak but stable. She probed the wound in the neck. Bullet didn't appear to have hit a vital artery. Get a line in him and shoot me a picture so we can prep him for surgery. Yes, Dr. Bartlett. Police officers herded the other hookers into a holding area as Samantha turned her attention to her patients. Prostitution. Sad business. What desperation would drive someone to even consider such a life, much less participate in it? An occupied gurney sat unattended along the wall, a stained sheet haphazardly tossed over the body of a female. A dark red stain seeped through the sheet, and almost imperceptibly the sheet moved up, then down. Samantha's heart raced with stark realization. The girl was alive. She dashed to the gurney and called out for a nurse. As she pulled back the sheet, she swallowed the rush of horror that rose in her throat. The victim, the prostitute, parts of the chest, face, and arms had been sliced all the way into muscle, as if someone had tried to conduct vivisection on a living human being. Blood oozed like lava from the layers of tissue. The paramedics hadn't even untied the poor girl's hands. Samantha sliced through the rope with a scalpel. Find a vein! We need a vein! Together they searched the bloody mass for an adequate vein, the arms eaten up by heroin tracks. The nurse finally located one in the leg, inserted the IV, and got the bloodline connected while Samantha loaded up and injected albumin. A weak and unstable pulse registered as the nurse hooked up the cardiac monitor. No time to prep for surgery. The girl would never survive the elevator ride. However, if they could just stabilize, perhaps she'd have a chance. 
Five cc's of epinephrine, the nurse stated as he handed over the syringe. Had to work fast. No time to be neat. Those deep cuts needed attending to before the adrenaline took full effect. She had to suture multiple layers instead of one at a time. Increase IV drip and keep a close watch on that bag. Do you have a standby? Yes, Dr. Bartlett. Though the task seemed impossible, she started piecemeal at the neck on a long and deep puncture, sutures broad and wide as she began the arduous process of stitching the poor girl back together, searching for perforated vessels or organs. The slices of skin and tissue were precise, as if the John had a knowledge of anatomy. The detectives would want to know later. As the flow of fluids into the body increased, the ooze of blood turned into a stream. The pace of the monitor intensified. They needed at least to match the inflow with the outflow to have even a millimeter of chance at saving her. Samantha focused on maintaining a steady hand. Dr. Bartlett, I need your assistance, please. Dr. Gibbon, the attending physician, tried to draw away her attentions. Not tonight. Please, not tonight. I'm with a critical patient, sir. She continued suturing and spoke to the nurse. Have a crash cart standing by. The unsteady beep of the monitor screamed the precarious situation of her patient. Dr. Bartlett, you will assist me now. Ignore him. Ignore him. Samantha gritted her teeth and persisted in attempting to save her patient. Sweat dribbled into her eyes while anger knotted her stomach as she fought to hold back an avalanche of expletives. The monitor flatlined. Defibrillator! The nurse handed over the paddles. Clear! The body convulsed as blood spattered from the wounds. No pulse. She warmed up the paddles and shocked the girl a second time. Nothing. The nurse had another syringe ready before she even asked. Five cc's of epinephrine, doctor. Samantha snatched the syringe and injected the contents into her patient blood pulsating in her ears. She willed the girl's heart to start again, but the steady, high-pitched whine of the monitor only mocked her efforts. The dingy wall housing Dr. Gibbon's plaques, framed degrees, and awards ridiculed her with their accumulated honors and years of service to the medical community. But the years and accolades had only hardened his soul to the human condition. Would he even listen to reason this time? Dr. Gibbon's dark eyes seethed as he looked up from his ancient, cluttered desk. There is no question that your skills surpass any second-year resident I've worked with. 
but there is no room in this respectable institution for those who do not follow orders from their superiors. Respectable. In whose eyes? Sir, I was with another critical patient when you called. What was I supposed to do? Leave her to die alone? She was dead on arrival. But I had a pulse on her. Didn't you hear the monitor? No. You were just trying to make another one of your damned points. There was no way she'd survive. Making a point? She was very much alive when I found her, shoved off to the side. The vein in Gibbon's temple throbbed as his face flushed red. The room reverberated as he pounded his fists on the desk and towered over her. She was just another prostitute. And I suppose you are the morality police? I, sir, take the Hippocratic Oath seriously with all of my patients, not just the ones who advance my career and enhance my reputation. Dr. Gibbon's face contorted as he pointed to the door. Get out of my hospital! Running into the Darkness Book One in the Deepest Darkness series by D. A. Bale Chapter One A Bloody Mess The storage room door burst open and toppled boxes of gauze across the glaring white floor. Samantha Bartlett awoke as the torrent pelted her, then stared through glazed eyes as the new wild-eyed resident doctor came into focus. Incoming multiple wounded! The brain fog dissipated as Samantha peeled herself off the linoleum and shot down the hallway to ER. If only to have more than a catnap, Cats themselves wouldn't survive on the naps she took. The instructors had spoken about it in medical school, but living it was something else entirely. The life of New York residency, always looking for sleep in all the wrong places. What happened? Samantha asked. Severe stabbings, one shot, and another who isn't expected to survive the ambulance ride. Controlled chaos greeted them as they rushed around the corner into the unit, the scent of sterility invaded by blood and sweat. Wounded were shuffled through triage, vitals checked even as gurneys were wheeled through the trauma center. Blood trailed across the unit as staff swarmed each body and connected patients to oxygen and cardiac monitors. Questions and commands overcame the screams and reverberated throughout the room. I need a suture tray over here. What are his vitals? Blood pressure is dropping. Strap down his arms. We need to intubate now. Second year residency starting now. Samantha snapped on gloves and jumped into the fray with her team as they cut off the bloody shirt. What do we have here? The attending nurse rattled off statistics. 
male, approximately 50 years old, multiple gunshot wounds to the chest and neck. Do we know what happened? Altercation at a hotel known for prostitution. Girls over there say he's a John gone wrong. Got the pimp and hotel owner after apparently filleting one of the other girls. A couple tried to stop him. Blood type? A positive. The cardiac monitor pulsed a steady rhythm. Blood pressure is weak but stable. She probed the wound in the neck. Bullet didn't appear to have hit a vital artery. Get a line in him and shoot me a picture so we can prep him for surgery. Yes, Dr. Bartlett. Police officers herded the other hookers into a holding area as Samantha turned her attention to her patients. Prostitution. Sad business. What desperation would drive someone to even consider such a life, much less participate in it? An occupied gurney sat unattended along the wall, a stained sheet haphazardly tossed over the body of a female. A dark red stain seeped through the sheet, and almost imperceptibly the sheet moved up, then down. Samantha's heart raced with stark realization. The girl was alive. She dashed to the gurney and called out for a nurse. As she pulled back the sheet, she swallowed the rush of horror that rose in her throat. The victim, the prostitute, parts of the chest, face, and arms had been sliced all the way into muscle, as if someone had tried to conduct vivisection on a living human being. Blood oozed like lava from the layers of tissue. The paramedics hadn't even untied the poor girl's hands. Samantha sliced through the rope with a scalpel. Find a vein! We need a vein! Together, they searched the bloody mass for an adequate vein, the arms eaten up by heroin tracks. The nurse finally located one in the leg, inserted the IV, and got the bloodline connected while Samantha loaded up and injected albumin. A weak and unstable pulse registered as the nurse hooked up the cardiac monitor. No time to prep for surgery. The girl would never survive the elevator ride. However, if they could just stabilize, perhaps she'd have a chance. Five cc's of epinephrine, the nurse stated as he handed over the syringe. Had to work fast. No time to be neat. Those deep cuts needed attending to before the adrenaline took full effect. She had to suture multiple layers instead of one at a time. Increase IV drip and keep a close watch on that bag. Do you have a standby? Yes, Dr. Bartlett. Though the task seemed impossible, she started piecemeal at the neck on a long and deep puncture, sutures broad and wide as she began the arduous process of stitching the poor girl back together, searching for perforated vessels or organs. The slices of skin and tissue were precise, as if the John had a knowledge of anatomy. The detectives would want to know later. As the flow of fluids into the body increased, the ooze of blood turned into a stream. 
the pace of the monitor intensified. They needed at least to match the inflow with the outflow to have even a millimeter of chance at saving her. Samantha focused on maintaining a steady hand. Dr. Bartlett, I need your assistance, please. Dr. Gibbon, the attending physician, tried to draw away her attentions. Not tonight. Please, not tonight. I'm with a critical patient, sir. She continued suturing and spoke to the nurse. Have a crash cart standing by. The unsteady beep of the monitor screamed the precarious situation of her patient. Dr. Bartlett, you will assist me now. Ignore him. Ignore him. Samantha gritted her teeth and persisted in attempting to save her patient. Sweat dribbled into her eyes while anger knotted her stomach as she fought to hold back an avalanche of expletives. The monitor flatlined. Defibrillator! The nurse handed over the paddles. Clear! The body convulsed as blood spattered from the wounds. No pulse. She warmed up the paddles and shocked the girl a second time. Nothing. The nurse had another syringe ready before she even asked. Five cc's of epinephrine, doctor. Samantha snatched the syringe and injected the contents into her patient blood pulsating in her ears. She willed the girl's heart to start again, but the steady, high-pitched whine of the monitor only mocked her efforts. The dingy wall housing Dr. Gibbon's plaques, framed degrees, and awards ridiculed her with their accumulated honors and years of service to the medical community. But the years and accolades had only hardened his soul to the human condition. Would he even listen to reason this time? Dr. Gibbon's dark eyes seethed as he looked up from his ancient, cluttered desk. There is no question that your skills surpass any second-year resident I've worked with. But there is no room in this respectable institution for those who do not follow orders from their superiors. Respectable. In whose eyes? Sir, I was with another critical patient when you called. What was I supposed to do? Leave her to die alone? She was dead on arrival. But I had a pulse on her. Didn't you hear the monitor? No. You were just trying to make another one of your damned points. There was no way she'd survive. Making a point? She was very much alive when I found her, shoved off to the side. The vein in Gibbon's temple throbbed as his face flushed red. The room reverberated as he pounded his fists on the desk and towered over her. She was just another prostitute. And I suppose you are the morality police? I, sir, take the Hippocratic Oath seriously with all of my patients, not just the ones who advance my career and enhance my reputation. 
Dr. Gibbon's face contorted as he pointed to the door. Get out of my hospital! This concludes another episode of the Book Speaks podcast, where the book speaks for itself. Thanks for joining me, your host, Benjamin Douglas, for another indie author reading. If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit http colon slash slash thebookspeakspodcast.wordpress.com for more episodes and for links to the author's website and the author's Amazon author page in the show notes. If you'd like to follow me on my own author journey, you can find me at http colon slash slash benjamindouglasbooks.wordpress.com. And of course, if you're an indie author interested in having your work featured on the show, or if you're interested in discussing having your book read and produced by me as an audiobook, feel free to contact me at benjamindouglasbooks at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you have a productive and enjoyable weekend. <laughs>